Be warned, the podcast you are about to listen to may startle you. It would not have been possible otherwise to significantly emphasize the frightful toll of the new drug menace which is destroying the youth of America in alarmingly increasing numbers. Propaganda is that drug, a violent narcotic and unspeakable scourge, the real public enemy number one. Its first effect is sudden, violent, uncontrollable arrogance. The dreaded Donnie-Kruger effect then came dangerous hallucinations. Cognitive distance expands, critical thinking slows down almost to a standstill. Fixed ideas come next, conjuring up monstrous evidence, and conspiracy theories followed by emotional disturbances, the total inability to direct thoughts, the loss of all power to resist physical emotions, leading finally to acts of shocking violence, often ending in incurable insanity. In picturing its soul-destroying effects, no element has made to equivalent. The scenes and the incidents, while fictionalized for the purposes of this story, are based upon the research into the results of the biased news addiction. If their stark relief made you think, will have made you aware something must be done to wipe out this ghastly menace, then this podcast will not have failed in its purpose. Because the dread propaganda may be reaching forth next for your son, or your daughter, or yours. Yours. Hello and welcome to Exploit It. I'm Alexis Jowski. I'm Kevin Daly. <laughs> and I am Charlie McMullen. Yes, we have Charlie McMullen with us on this episode, and today we're discussing Reefer Madness from 1936, directed by Louis J. Gasnier? Gasnier? Something like that. Some worthless human being whose name does not deserve to be remembered. My, my brain, when I watched it recently, my brain assigned it Gasmiar. These high school boys and girls are having a hop at the local soda fountain. Innocently, they dance. Innocent of a new and deadly menace lurking behind closed doors. Marijuana, the burning weed with its roots in hell. In this film, you will see the ease with which this vicious plant can be grown in your neighbor's yard, rolled into harmless-looking cigarettes, hidden in an innocent shoe or watch case. If you want a good smoke, try one of these. You will meet Bill who once took pride in his strong will as he takes the first step toward enslavement. Smoking the soul-destroying reaper, they find a moment's pleasure, but at a terrible price. Debauchery, violence, Murder. Suicide. And the ultimate end of the marijuana addict. Hopeless insanity.
important film now before it is too late. All right. So, Charlie, haven't had you on the show yet. It's been a while since yes, we all worked uh, together. To uh, to address the elephant in the room, and by elephant I mean wrinkled and gray. How long has it been since uh, the three of us have uh, have gathered together to shit on a decades old movie? A couple of years, probably. Several years, I'd say. I want to say at least six, maybe seven. I would say at least since 2016. Yeah, yeah. maybe it's. Yeah, I think six years. That would be my guess. I'm sure somebody listening knows, but. And I think uh, if if memory serves, the last time it was a podcast with just the three of us, we envisioned a world where uh, Bill Cosby was talking shit to the grave of Mr. Ed. That no. sounds awfully familiar. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like something we'd say. And in the years since then, what's become a Cosby? Yes. Geekers was nothing if not ahead of its time. So getting to, to Reefer Madness, you all watched the movie, I imagine. Did you watch it in color or black and white? I watched it in color. I watched it. Uh, I watched it in black and white on YouTube with, uh, and the subtitles were a series of uh, pound signs and ampersands. I tried to watch that version, and I had the subtitles on, and they sometimes they would pop up with words that were said. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes they would pop up with words that were said five minutes earlier. Some, I think the the captioner was just like, "Nobody gives a fuck." Everybody is watching this ironically. Nobody cares what I write. Did either of you get a chance to watch the musical? No, not yet. Oh. I saw the musical once uh, shortly after uh, when it came out, uh, way back whenever that was. But I, I did not have time to rewatch it in preparation for tonight. Uh, well, then we won't go too much into the musical. We'll just focus on the movie. So 1936, it came out, and it's nothing but propaganda about marijuana, as we all know. Responding to basically the drug administration wanted to target marijuana because of, well, several, several reasons. I was listening to some conspiracy theory podcasts that went more into detail about, like, race was a big part of it. That it wasn't necessarily the drugs they were going after, they were going after the jazz musicians that smoked it and the Mexicans that brought it in. Yeah, I mean, pretty much anybody that uh, a comedy club booker would refer to as urban. I mean, it, all of the characters in this movie who smoked weed apparently were excellent musicians, so... <laughs> Without even trying. <laughs> yeah, just sits down and picks it right up. I have uh, I have a very vivid memory of the first time I ever watched uh, Reefer Madness. I was... 14 years old, and my friend Ray Gonzalez and I, this is going to be potentially libelous, probably shouldn't use first and last names, but uh, my friend Ray and I had uh, had gotten stoned. This was in Lahana, Colorado. We we're just wandering the streets of the town like you do, and we went to a video store that we would often hang out in, and uh, the guy behind the counter, uh, who later on in life would become a very close friend, but uh, he just saw two stoned teenagers. He was like, have you guys ever heard of Reefer Madden? Like, we were broadcasting it, clearly. And he's like, have you guys ever heard of Reefer Madness? And he showed us the box. And I was just like, is this a joke? He's like, no, this is completely serious. If you guys want to watch this, this is what they used to show people to get them to not smoke marijuana. It's hilarious. And we went back to my house and watched it. It was a VHS. I can't remember the last pure laughter like that I've had in my life. I first heard of the film when I was in middle school because we had a motivational speaker. 
that said, oh, when we were in school, we didn't have motivational speakers. We watched Reefer Madness where people get stoned and murder each other. And it sounded fascinating, so I eventually tracked down a VHS copy come high school. Now, it's true that nobody has made a propaganda film against marijuana in about 60 years, but rather than investigate why that is, we're just going to keep showing this one. Yes. I mean, it's just a it's a perfect film. We watched it in, in a sociology class in college, not as a warning about marijuana, more of just a look at how the country responded to drug drug use. I'm just I'm watching this movie and I'm thinking, how much did the cigarette companies pay to have this made? But I see no evidence of that actually happening. In the trailer, it's not a line that's in the movie. It's a line in the trailer where they're like, they are smuggling in marijuana disguised as a harmless cigarette. A jazz cigarette. But the movie itself, it starts with that long, long text crawl that tells you all about how evil marijuana is. <laughs> that I, I felt like should have been read dramatically. Oh, I, I did. I, the first time I watched Reaper Madness... That's uh, how it started. I was like, oh, okay, this is too – because I didn't know how long it was going to be, so I remember rewinding it to the beginning and reading it like uh, in in the most dramatic voice I could think of. And whenever the word marijuana came up, I would pronounce the J as hard as I could because I know that's how people were pronouncing it back then. So I was like, marijuana. <laughs> I guess that's why they use the H, just to make people pronounce it correctly. Marijuana. They made – they – Used to call it cannabis because hemp and cannabis were in common use. But once they decided to target them, they decided to use the Spanish name. You mean just to, to hammer home the racism? Yes. Just when people were starting to get used to uh, Ricky Ricardo being legally married to a white woman. Oh, no, this was before that. Oh, shit, it was. But he was a white presenting Cuban guy, so he got away with it. <laughs> yeah, he, he wasn't a real Cuban. That's what you got to look for. I mean, that's how I'm sure that's how they viewed it. He wasn't an authentic Cuban. There are trade embargoes against him. <laughs> so the movie, um, the first scene, while well, we get the newspapers talking about marijuana evil, school parents team up to fight marijuana. And we have the school meeting with Dr. Carroll is the guy's name giving the speech. Just going on again, basically repeating every single bullet point from the text crawl. Just in case, for whatever reason, people watching this film might be slow readers. <laughs> well, it's 1936. Well, half, half of this movie is just recapping the other half of the movie. So. Yeah, and he goes into how people smuggle drugs, which is more educational than anything. It, the actor doesn't mention how they smuggle marijuana. They just mention, here's this, here are these bricks of heroin that are being smuggled in this, these these barrels of olive oil. Or they're hiding them in yeah, shoes. this sort of thing. Which, I mean, yeah. to be fair, that is how they did it. They still do it that way. But. I don't know if you guys are aware of uh, how much a dime bag actually is, but they are not transported 500,000 at a time. <laughs> <laughs> also, a dime bag does not cost. Yeah, inflation. It's kind of expensive these days. <laughs> yeah, in, in 2022, in legal marijuana land, uh, I think a, a gram is the smallest quantity that you can buy of marijuana, which used to be reserved strictly for cocaine. I saw some advertisements and billboards around here that seemed very pricey. I've, I've lived in a lot of legal states over the past few years. Uh, I lived in California for a while. The marijuana in North Hollywood was not that expensive compared to what I was used to in like a legal state because I was living in Tennessee before then, which where it's still illegal. Uh, but believe me, they were all over abortion, which is a tale for another campfire. But... 
sure there's a uh, movie we could a propaganda film we could watch about that at some point too. <laughs> yeah, it's the Devil's Feet It. It's called Citizen Ruth. Have you heard of that movie? <laughs> we just watch. We could just talk about Cider House Rules. I will tell you though, like once marijuana became legal in Las Vegas, fucking Las Vegas happened to it, and it became way more expensive and way stronger than it ever has to be because Las Vegas is what it is. My aunt always says she can't smoke any weed anymore because it's too strong now. Because she grew up in like the 60s and 70s. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's just too the, potent now. <laughs> from the 60s through at least the late 90s, weed was just weed. Like they didn't even know a sativa from an indica back then. Like it was just weed that you got from some guy that he got from some guy. And it was either good or it was bad. How could you tell it was good? It tasted like doll plastic for some reason. <laughs> mm, tasty. And if it was bad, it didn't get you high. It gave you a headache. Maybe that was CBD back then, just nobody knew what it was. Maybe it was actually oregano. It could, and that was a legitimate concern. It could have been just a, a melange of spices, whatever's green. <laughs> just, I think that, that might be why Dillweed was an insult back then. So back to the movie. The guy tells us all about the marijuana, and he goes into the, his example, and his example is the movie, where we're introduced to – well, we start in May's apartment as Jack is waking up May, and we get the unnecessary exploitation of her putting on her stockings. Scandalous. Hot. It's a hot way to live. <laughs> So a few minutes into this scene, and you're like, okay, so this is why the real long exposition right out of the gate. They knew this was going to make no sense, so they tried to they, – they were trying to prep us. Yeah, because it's just – May's waking up, and they had a party, and she's like, ah, there's a party every night. And she gives – she throws out some misgivings about dealing marijuana to children, but Jack tells her to shut the fuck up and goes out to, to get some kids to come back and get high. And they're they're a weed den. And they're, it's a maze apartment. It's like a crack house, but like with weed. Yeah, I've never heard and of a weed music. house. Yeah, I haven't either. I mean, not not in a formal sense. They're, they're we out all there. knew in college I've been to a lot of them. The weed houses. Well, I've just heard them as like, oh, you know, someone so lives there and smokes a lot of weed. Not it's yeah. like. <laughs> I, I live in one right now. <laughs> yeah. Charlie is running is running maze. I mean, that's probably why it sounds so clear. You don't share a house with four other comedians without having access to a wide variety of podcasting equipment. Yeah. All of which smells like weed. We have uh, our main children that we meet. Well, Jack meets up with Ralph first, who Ralph later becomes important. He has a crush on Mary, who's a high school student. Ralph looks like Ralph looks like Ginger Jude Law, and it disturbed me the entire time. Is he a ginger? I only watched the black and white version. And the colorized I had no one, idea. And the colorized one is a ginger. I don't know if Maybe that... Maybe that was an artistic choice. I don't think that man is actually a ginger. I think they just gave him that color hair and the colored one. It's so weird looking. I mean, everything in the colored one is weird. Yeah, I'm imagining a professional it. color corrector, probably real high, was like, this guy is acting pretty ginger. I think I'm going to just make a choice. I just called him Ginger Jude Law the entire time. <laughs> so there's Mary and her little brother Jimmy and Mary's beau, Bill. And they get Jimmy to come down. They're all going to the soda shop. So Jimmy goes down to the soda shop while Bill and Mary go to play tennis. 
and we see how people had fun in 1936. Playing tennis or smoking weed? No, the soda shop. Oh, okay. They're dancing all over the place. Did people dance in soda shops? I mean, I wasn't around in the 1930s. I guess you guys probably weren't either. Sodas were just such a fucking special occasion. It's like like a training for a bar. It's like, let's go to this place that just has beverages. You mean a bar? No. A little <laughs> no. bit lame. I mean, now, nowadays it's so easy to get – much like weed, it's so easy to get soda. Yeah, well, there's a line later on where it's like, let's go to the – I'll buy you a soda. And someone goes, oh, I never drink the stuff. Meanwhile, give me a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> sure, boss. You mean a phosphate? You know, Cherry Coke still has phosphorus in it. And you got this guy just jamming on the, the piano at the soda shop. With the perhaps the worst hairdo I've ever seen. He looks like Claude Ramsey's. Or the Joker, the the one where he was the, still the comedian. What was that? What was that comic? Charlie probably knows. Which which comic? Uh, the joke? one where is it Killing Joke? It might have been Killing Joke. Yeah, I think Killing Joke's the only one where we really have a flashback to Joker as a comedian before he's the Joker. Of course, there's no official canon Joker origin story. That's that, that's been the closest to a universally agreed upon one. But speaking of Batman and weed. I know that uh, Kevin Smith took a lot of shit for mentioning weed in the script for, uh, I believe it was it was either Cacophony or Widening Gyre. God forbid Batman people smoke weed in a intense urban environment that, you know, in real life people would smoke weed in. Yeah. How does you make that much sense? DC hates that shit. It's so weird. Well, I mean, you live in a universe where you have... All the bad guys have like two faces or dressed as scarecrows or plant stuff and you need something. And it, it and it wasn't even Batman smoking weed. It was uh the undercover villain pretending to be the hero Baphomet. Batman just said he sighed and he said, Are you a stoner? Uh-huh. Wasn't and there I another... believe that was it and there was way too much of an uproar. Wasn't there another Batman one where uh, I don't know, was it a series, one of the series where Batman is going down on Catwoman, and they just hated it. Uh, it was ba- Batman going down on Catwoman and Bruce Wayne's dick at one point. I just don't fucking DC. Come on, get it together. Yeah, I mean you're acting like we've not had the internet for several years, and 20, we we've all seen Batman's dick. 2022, guys. Anyway, we're off topic. <laughs> yeah, we are. So the guy jamming on the uh, the piano. Because Jimmy meets up with his girlfriend, Agnes, and he's impressed by the piano player. And he says, that's no paper, man, which 1930 slang is past me. Uh, this is something I also I actually took a note of this. Like, are this is actually how these people spoke or did somebody use the equivalent of Urban Dictionary to try to sound like they were being hip when they're writing the script? I think the the equivalent of Urban Dictionary back then were like undercover vice cops trying not to look like they're writing shit down in a notebook, like trying to figure slang. And then the information they're getting are from stoned people who recognized an undercover vice cop the second he walked in and are trying to fuck with him with fake slang. I think that's where T-Shades came from. Yeah. Hello, hello, fellow fellow children. How are you doing today? (laughs) Yeah, hello, other teens. The, uh, The piano player, by the way, his name is Hot Fingers Peretti. And he didn't get that name playing piano. No, it's coincidence. Coincidence that he also plays piano. He got that name through the enjoyment of both Cheetos and consensual digit play. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Sometimes together. 
he goes into the uh, the closet to, to smoke weed, and this is one thing Charlie misses watching the black and white one is in the color version. They color all the smoke from marijuana. All the weed smoke is colored. <laughs> and it's different color color it colors. It's green, yeah. It's different colors. This first yeah. one is green. This first one's green, but anytime a girl smokes, it's pink. Okay, guys, I'm not saying that isn't possible. I'm saying it's not weed that does that. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna need to say shotgun with Denzel to to, to blow some pink smoke. We have Bill and Mary's stupidly naive courtship as Bill walks Mary home, and they talk about domestic sciences are a woman's thing. Casual 1930s sexism. It's fine. And then they read Romeo and Juliet, but oh, the way he presents it, like it's something scandalous. He's, she's like, let's, let's pop get off st- those shoes and get a baby in you. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, let's get this studying. And he's like, well, first, Mary. And he looks around. I want you to read this. And hands her, oh, Romeo and Juliet. I like that mom, like his mom comes out. It's child children. I think they're like 25. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think they're supposed to be teenagers, but I'm pretty sure the actors were nothing. There was, when I did live in Los Angeles, there was a, a comic that I worked with a lot who never smoked weed at all like they were so like ignorant about marijuana like uh, they actually said grass one time and i was like oh wow what decade is this? i could not remember like yeah like let's go smoke some grass in a chevy <laughs> and it was like 1979 every, i guess every time uh every time weed was mentioned i would just sit down and i would think of the narration at the beginning of Reefer Madness, I was like, why don't you come and sit down next to me, Tiger? You know, your old man's been around times. <laughs> so he says, uh, the, with the Romeo and Juliet, it just really makes me think about you. And my thought was, yeah, you make me want to kill myself. Yeah, <laughs> that is that is unintentionally apt. One thing with the musical, they have this scene, and they actually have a big music number where they sing about Romeo and Juliet. And they're like, I don't know how the play ends, but I, I know it must end happy. They they get married and have lots of kids. Obviously, mm-hmm. no one listened to Don't Fear the Reaper. Or Romeo and Juliet by Dire Straits is probably right there next to Don't Fear the Reaper. <laughs> if you want to if you want to ease in. That's right. It's a little more on the note. Or we just show in the Boz Lerman movie, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so we do have a scene here where they uh, where Bill goes home and we see his family. And his little brat kid that's making fun of him. He's like, Bill and Mary, making oh, out, kid. kissing in a tree. And the, and Bill goes, Mom, make him stop. It is so – it's difficult to get somebody like who's stoned to have a violent thought. But this kid can do it. <laughs> Fuck that little kid. Well, it's just because uh, apparently even talking to your father is bugging your dad. Yes. Just like Ron Burgundy. Ah, eye contact. Bill finally catches up to his brother, and he's like, I'm just mad that you didn't say Bill has a swell girl. Which made me automatically think, swole Mary. Swole Mary. I mean, she's she's okay. She's, not, she's in good shape. But we never get to see the, like, muzzle. I don't know if I'd say swell, but, you know, a seven, at least. Yeah. Probably a, probably a 39, you know. Because swell, that's at least an eight. I mean, they don't throw words like that around. So Jimmy gets Bill to come hang out at May's apartment, the the great hangout spot for all the kids. And he gets on the piano, and we realize Jimmy just nails it on piano without even thinking. He's got a woman making out with him and handing him 
marijuana cigarettes and he's just still jamming on the piano getting high and making out at the same time never missing a note that kid would go on to become jim morrison those are some hot fingers yes they are hot fingers that's why the girls like him right and he introduces him to, to may he's like this is bill harper he's okay and that's what thing that they say throughout this when they introduce. He's okay. Yeah, because back then you can just say, "This is Bill Harper. He's heterosexual." <laughs> We're gonna stop real quick for a commercial break. It's 1936. Prohibition's over. Speakeasies are a thing of the past, and teenagers need something new. Alcohol? Well, that's for the old fussy grown-ups and no fun at all. Come on down to May's apartment, kids, for an experience you'll never forget. We have the latest, greatest, new thrill for the American teenager, marijuana. Just one puff and you'll be in a world of absolute pleasure and wonder that you've never known before. Here at May's apartment, you can listen to jazz music, smoke reefer, and fornicate to your heart's content. He'll never be able to have that kind of fun down at the local soda shop. You can trust me. My name is May. It's on the mailbox. So come down to May's apartment, kids, because in 1936, you've just got to have a little fun. Television isn't going to be around for another 20 years. So what else are you going to do? That's May's apartment. Name's on the mailbox. Open 24-7. And we're back. Let's see. Oh, the other thing with this that just makes me laugh is Jack is almost always in this kitchen eating food. Well, you know, he does. He is surrounded by marijuana 24-7. This is probably the most famous side effect of, of marijuana, and it is true. Like, it is something that exists, like, if if you are, like, an occasional smoker it is probably something you don't grow out of if you're a lifer like i am you do eventually grow out of the munchies uh and your metabolism eventually learns what marijuana is and not to believe everything the brain is telling it about being hungry but he's not snacking on cheetos and taco bell he's he's making full full ass meals like when we see him he's he's got like waffles and sausage a whole spread and May's like There's a lot of effort to pull those pants up to the middle of the show. And speaking of full ass meals, well, perhaps that's a talk for another time. And so they um they get Bill high, and his smoke is blue, I think. <laughs> Classic Bill. His uh, that's that's a man with some blue smoke. And it's weird because Bill is so puritan at first. He's the one that says, "Oh, I never drink soda." Straight to the. But he smokes cigarettes. Yeah, he smokes cigarettes. He even offers them to this to that girl Blanche. And she's like, oh, no, try one of these. Smoke this shit instead, pussy. (laughs) Basically, that's the the gist of her her argument. And this is where Jack has to to run to his his dealer and asks Jimmy for a ride. Right, and Jimmy, he gets there with Jimmy, and Jimmy's like, hey, can I have a cigarette? And Jack gives him this look like, the fuck, all right, here you go, you piece of shit. Like, dude. He just drove you here. He was he was about to get laid. He was hanging out with this chick. He was having a good time. And you're like, you made him drive you there, and now you're just giving him the stink eye when he wants a cigarette. Come yeah, on, I mean, cigarette. we all saw that Blanche was good to go. Yeah, she was all over him. 
Jack cock-blocked him and then didn't even have the decency to kindly give him a cigarette when requested. Well, he did give him a cigarette, though. He just I know, but he really begrudgingly gave what? the guy who gave up gave up a good time to drive his ass out there. Yeah, you get one shot with Blanche, dude. What a what a dick. Jack's a dick for many reasons. Jack talks to his dealer and like one of the other people at Jack's level in like the you know, what what is this? The C level management? <laughs> The, the massive underground hierarchy of marijuana it's, dealing. It's middle management of, of marijuana dealing. Yeah. Remember when I said there was a guy who got it from another guy? This is the massive criminal network that we're talking about. Uh, one of the other dealers comes in and is like, well, I don't like selling this to kids. And the head guy's like, well, if you don't like selling it to kids, you can retire permanently. Where my note is, yeah, that's usually how people retire. Well, not if you're Tom Brady. Or oh yeah, maybe or maybe Drew Brees or Brett Favre. Look, people don't retire permanently. Permanently, Woody Allen. Oh, unless you're, unless you're dead, which is what he's implying. And then the note I have here is: remember, a teacher is telling this whole story to a PTA group. <laughs> like all of these other little scenes. There are so many little like side. This guy obviously gets off on a tangent like we do. It just starts rambling about something else. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what what you can you can expect that they had uh, psych- psychologists prescribed opium back then. <laughs> but that was totally fine. So Jack leaves the place and gets in the car, and Jimmy's now really high, and he's like, "Let's go, Jack! I'm red hot!" And he's zooming around town in his Packard. Which I'm fairly convinced Red Hot is not even actual slang from that era. I'm pretty sure it's not. And I'm pretty sure marijuana doesn't make you want to drive really fast because I've seen Up in Smoke. I, right. You know, it's, uh, I've, I've seen uh, Super Troopers. <laughs> Adrian Accuracy right there. Like the fact that he got stoned and then wanted to go to a different place. That, that just doesn't happen usually. I mean, there's probably a strain or two out there, but like... That is definitely not the normal reaction. Well, he wanted to get back to Blanche, I think. I don't know. I think he was thinking with his penis. I don't think it was because he was high. I don't think it was because he was high. I think he was thinking with his dick. It's like, I need to get back to Blanche. Yes, one of us still has priorities in order. Yeah, right. So the, the line as real would be, let's go, Jack, on rock hard. <laughs> that's, that's, that should be the correct, that's the correct line. That should be the tagline for the movie. <laughs> let's go, Jack, on rock hard. <laughs> It's a different film. Jimmy just runs down this old man and keeps on going. (laughs) It's also different punctuation. Let's go, Jack. I'm rock hard. (laughs) There you go. All right. right. So Jimmy, being all rock hard, runs down this old man and just keeps on going. And then we suddenly get a, a shot of Mary who's all worried about Bill. Like, now time has passed, although we don't know how much, because Bill is, like, failing in school, and Mary's worried. So I'm he, like, he does not deserve your concern. <laughs> yeah, he's doing fine. Yeah, he's he's hooking up with, with Blanche. And... <laughs> Everybody's hooking up with Blanche. But the way it just suddenly cuts to this, it makes it seem like it's the next day. Yeah. Because while, while Mary's, like, all concerned about Bill... 
Like, oh, he hasn't been himself lately. I don't know what to do. That's when Jimmy comes in all stressed because he ran a dude over. Yeah, Jimmy killed a guy today. <laughs> Vehicular manslaughter. Like, it's, it'll, it'll put you on edge. A DUI murder, yeah. <laughs> DUI uh, reckless driving, felony homicide. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Cash. And this is when Dr. Carroll shows up in his own story at the FBI asking about marijuana. Trying to convince the FBI that that they should be doing something about this horrible marijuana. And the FBI is like, yeah, 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 it's a state thing. Well, no, he says, we can't do anything. It just grows wild. Yeah, so he says there's no interstate commerce, which means the federal government can't. Apparently in real life, apparently in real life no one actually thought about that. He shows Dr. Carroll like horror stories of weed addicts, of reefer, reefer smokers, and they're, they're a horrible addiction. And the first one he shows is about a guy that murdered his whole family with an axe. Beth. Yeah. Well, actually, there was a news story at the time where a man had killed his whole family with an axe. And somebody had just said, oh, he smoked pot. That's why he did it. Even though, no, he did it because, well, he was fucking crazy and living in Florida. Yeah, and this is a completely, like, city environment. I don't know why they had an axe to begin with. Yeah. Nobody's chopping firewood on Park Avenue. And they talk about a girl that was picked up, a reefer smoker, who was in the company of five guys. Is there some sex, some, some slut shaming? I think that's a meme now. Yeah, well, she's with five guys, but no fries. Oh, God. The fries are undercooked anyway. It's fine. And I'm 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 fairly certain it's a it's a famous meme. Are they all wearing white t-shirts? I don't know. Let me see here. Five guys. Remind meme. me to Google that later. <laughs> one, one, one girl, uh, five or so guys, all of them wearing white. I'm I'm certain I've seen this somewhere. I'll, it'll come to me later. Were you part of those five guys, Charlie? I don't know. The first thing that came up was a picture of Jeffrey Dahmer, and it says I was craving five guys before it was a restaurant. <laughs> Oh, God. But, um... I did see the one that you're talking about, Charlie. It's the shot from a porno. This, like, young blonde girl, and there's five big black guys in white shirts and white boxers surrounding her. And it's like, want to go to Five Guys for a burger? What's so funny? Uh, I think a lot of them took it for, like, a Hanes ad or something. Yeah. <laughs> what is and what is not a gangbanger. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Let me put on my glasses and see. <laughs> oh, yeah, Dr. Carroll says, tells the FBI guy, can I take all these files? Oh, sure, go ahead, have them. There's no personal information or anything in these. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, that's how the world works, right? You can just walk into your local FBI bureau. Like, can I take say, these files? Can I have uh, all these, these files? It's op open cases that you're investigating. Can I just take these? Uh, we cut back to May's apartment. Jack is eating again. Yeah. Bill and... Not one piece of firewood to be seen. Bill and Blanche are dancing while Ralph laughs. By the way, I don't think I don't think I could dance worse than the people in this movie. And that's impressive, because I'm a terrible dancer. Now, it's usually, at this point, uh, they're aware of the mystery, but they haven't really come to a conclusion in the investigation yet, and they are still... Uh, they're still expecting to be chased through w several doors in the same hallway. <laughs> but Bill and Blanche go off to another room and have sex. Jinkies. Impl hot, hot implied sex with very limit, little 
actual titillation. Oh, Damn it's it, the, 1930s. It's, <laughs> it is the wettest dry humping you have ever seen. I, it's like I'm this is I'm on an exploitation film podcast. God damn it! Why isn't there actual nudity? Yeah, there should be. Well, well I mean, she's... they're making me suffer through the rest of it. At least, actually, you know what? If if you get high enough before you watch it, there is nudity. Is it your own? Uh, it's interact. Some do you mean interactive? Yeah, some of it. <laughs> yeah, you know, we established that Jimmy is rock hard. There is nudity. That's true. It's all in the mind. I mean, don't don't be, don't be writing dialogue like that if you don't want me to jack while I'm rock hard, dude. That's right. Mary goes around looking for Jimmy, and gets directed to May's place because the soda fountain guy. What are they called? What's that jerk called? A soda jerk. Soda <laughs> jerk. Yes, that would be what they're called. Now we're back to be. Now we're talking about being rock hard with a jerk, and it's a much different film all of a sudden. I did not invent these names, you guys. <laughs> I mean, now soda jerk is a verb, and it requires a can of Dr Pepper. He tells Mary you're okay and gives her directions to May's apartment, where she meets Ralph, and we have that scene. Because I thought at least one movie we would be doing, I wouldn't have to watch a rape scene. But, you know, apparently not. No. Thanks. Jack tries to rape her. He gets her high. We're making a movie here, okay? He gets her high, but he just hands her a cigarette she thinks is a regular cigarette. And I'm like, is Mary, what's wrong with her that she wouldn't realize? I mean, marijuana does not smell like tobacco. It, it really doesn't. According to the cleaning staff of several Holiday Inns, it does not. <laughs> I have several. a good authority. And at no point does Mary question, why Why am I blowing out pink smoke or purple smoke or whatever? Talk to me after smell- the show, by the way, if you ever need to talk your way out of leaving weed in a hotel room. <laughs> you just leave it. It's gone. <laughs> why does it suddenly smell like I just hit a skunk in here? It's fine, it's fine. It's tobacco. It's good. It's really good tobacco. Yeah, I wasn't going to mention it right. because I didn't want to bother you about it. That's right. It's just really good Turkish tobacco. That's fine. And what gets me about this is nobody hears Mary screaming. Well, they're all so high, apparently they can't. Yeah, but we can't even hear it. When we cut to the next room with Bill... Oh yeah, there's no way that door is so thick. Yeah, or Jack and May... Eat, having the munchies in the kitchen, we don't hear anything, but Mary is yeah, screaming bloody Bado. murder. Jack and May don't give a shit. Yeah. They don't. They heard. They just didn't didn't care. Well, they give enough of a shit because when Bill comes out and starts beating on Ralph, Jack comes out with a gun. That's because Ralph, Ralph's their boy, though. Yeah, he's their homeboy. My whole life I have been looking for the connection between marijuana PSAs and guns. This is the connection. This is what it is. Yep. Must be. This is the nexus. And during the scuffle, Mary gets shot and is dead. She has this tiny, tiny little bullet hole in her back, and that's it. That is like a twenty-two revolver, so, I mean, that'd be about right in terms of size. But not nearly enough blood. There's no blood. Well, yeah. It's a 30s propaganda film. I mean, they could have gone full red asphalt on it. So they um they frame they frame Bill because Bill blacks out and all they do is hand him the gun and go, hey Bill wake up look you killed Mary and he buys hey, it. Hey dumb fucker <laughs> he shot her and he just cries for a while. No Mary no no. Yeah, because that's what CPR was back then. 
Well, it's hard to it's hard to CPR a bullet wound. You just went straight into mourning. And we get a little bit of Bill's trial where you've got the the twelve jurors and what. Way too much of Bill's trial. We interrupt your podcast for a special emergency announcement. Reports are coming in of a deranged gentleman having escaped police custody and wandering the downtown area murdering innocent God-fearing Christians with an axe. He was last seen listening to jazz music and smoking marijuana, the dreaded reefer. Would that it were only heroin this damaged soul had consumed. Keep your wife and children at home, dear listeners, lest they fall into the path of the crazed reefer man. He is using jazz and marijuana cigarettes to seduce young white women into sin, debauchery, and death. Police are unable to stop the evil man because marijuana, that devil's weed, that violent narcotic, has given him inhuman strength. Dozens of bystanders have... One moment, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it appears that the reefer man rampaging downtown is no more. Police say that it appears he has overdosed on marijuana. Such a tragedy caused by such a violent and horrible menace. Would that it were only methamphetamines. Could this have ended peacefully? Stay vigilant, Mr. and Mrs. America. Wherever you find communism, you will also find that dreaded marijuana. Protect your children! We now return you to your regular programming. Blessed be our new founding fathers and America, a nation reborn. May God be with you all. Yeah, we do. The, the, we get the 12 jurors. Yeah. And that, that juror was four angry men and eight men that weren't really selling it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Eight men that just wanted to get home. They didn't give a shit. Yeah, they're like, what Which, is this movie even for? Whatever. Which, to be fair, is juries. They had the jury duty of extras casting. That's right. They actually brought. They actually went to a real courtroom and took a real jury and said, actually, we're going to have you do this movie. But it's going to be just as miserable as being on actual jury duty. And we won't pay you half as much. <laughs> oh, no. They'll pay you an exposure. Yeah, to do this, you will have to give up a lucrative amount of money being a juror for a day. For a fake movie trial. Where the, uh, it was probably shot, shot uh, in a church, it looks like to me. Well, you have the like pull cord for the, the light switch turns into a, a noose. <laughs> Trying to get high art here now. The director's <laughs> getting a little too big for his britches. He's a little bit of a warholic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Ralph and Blanche are in hiding, and Ralph is beautifully insane. <laughs> he is sucking down every cigarette and just laughing and going paranoid. And we have where he gets Blanche to play the piano, and he's just screaming, Faster! Faster! Play it faster! Could you imagine if, like, Edward G. Robinson could play that part? Or like James Cagney or somebody like that. He looks, he has that energy. Like Al Pacino in his prime. That would have add, a, added actual gravitas to this movie, and I'm not sure we even want that. Oh my god, Al Pacino, like Serpico 
era, Al Pacino could have torn Reefer Madness to pieces. He'd have been good. Ralph goes crazy. Jack, uh, Jack decides to kill Ralph. And his boss is like, yeah, that's cool. Do that, bro. I mean, what a barrier murder is. I mean, once you get through that first one. That's right. It doesn't matter. What's your the first? I mean, what's the second or third or hundredth? Yeah, it's just everyone's nervous about their first one. And once you get past it, you might even enjoy it in the future, you know? I mean, once you kill one person, you know, if they ever catch you, you're going to jail for life. Anyway, why not add like a 70 or 80 more to your sentence? Holy shit, this is like Pringles. How do you stop, guys? That's right. Once you pop a cap in someone's head, you can't stop. That should have been a commercial. Ralph ends up fighting back and killing Jack, and the neighbor calls the police. My note's like, oh, now she hears something? You didn't hear the woman being raped, but you hear no, that this. Was just good old-fashioned 50s foreplay. Or 30s foreplay. <laughs> and probably 50s foreplay as well, to be fair. Yeah, like, I'm not hearing a woman getting beat. Aww. Something's wrong. It must be an anniversary. I thought they were there. <laughs> That's right. Special, special occasion. And um, police show up, and there's this montage with Blanche being interviewed by the police, and there's all these voices talking. And the subtitle on the colorized version said, I'm fucked. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> like, that's, some, that's some harsh language from 1936. Oh, my. <laughs> Doesn't it even say who says it, because... Blanche isn't talking at all. I guess <laughs> Reginald, hand me my good clutching pedals. Oh, I'm fucked. <laughs> I mean, she's not wrong. Yeah, that's probably the most distinct that movie has ever been since it was made. Of course, the YouTube version just had hashtags and... Sign ampersand. Gen Z wrote the subtitles, so it's fine. And during this montage, a cop is axing a wall for no reason at all. There's just like I said, the director's just getting getting way uh, way too arty now. Overlaid montages, superimposed images. Like, He's okay. really letting down his avant-garde. <laughs> Sometimes you direct reindeer games, apparently. <laughs> Sometimes reindeer games just directs you, you know. That's right. And sometimes I'm fucked. That's right. Well, one hopes. So Blanche confesses that Bill didn't murder, and so he's let free, like, within a minute, which is not how our justice system works. Uh, maybe it did in the 30s, I don't know. <laughs> I, somehow I doubt it, but you never, you know, I don't know, I wasn't there. And they take her, they're taking her to jail, but she decides that she doesn't want to go. Even though what she's probably going to be charged with is, like, a misdemeanor. Yeah. Like, given given how how flippantly they treat murder in this universe. I mean, they just, like, they're like, uh, so you're gonna you're confessing to causing mischief, or whatever, what, is, what did they say? Like, encouraging, delete, like, uh, adolescent mischief or something like that. Sounds like a misdemeanor to me. That sounds like three months of probation <laughs> and a fine. A, and a, yeah, like a like a sternly worded ticket. So instead of taking the five hundred dollar, whatever three dollar ticket, nineteen thirty six, she jumps out the window because she's really poor, getting bored. No, no, America still had years of mental or of legal gymnastics training <laughs> ahead of it. So Blanche just jumps out a window, and her suicide is lull, is what I wrote. 
and she landed in a vat of toxic waste, transforming to a creature of superhuman size and strength. <laughs> and that's how we got the, was it, 50 foot tall woman? That is how it, it originally happened. That's he the, was, uh, this is the prequel. He, Who knew? He was mocked for wearing a tutu and threw himself out of a window. Uh, they have Ralph's trial where they bring him in and the judge automatically says, uh, you're criminally insane. You're insane. Go to the, the psych ward. Both lawyers are like, yeah, this person's insane. Throw him into the psych. Okay, you got it, boys. No lawyer tries to argue anything. They just bring him in and said, oh, yeah, he's crazy as he's fuck. He's fucking crazy. <laughs> so my, my thought is Bill's insanity defense. His problem was he just didn't look crazy enough. Yeah. He needed to, get, he needed to just look crazy here. They, they should have traveled to the future and got Pacino if they wanted it done right. Look crazier, yeah. The first people that come and hug him and tell Bill that he's still everything's fine is Mary's parents. You know, the the one that, yeah. yeah I mean, not, technically, technically Bill was trying to protect her. I'm just assuming that both of Mary's parents are still in shock over everything. That's the only way it makes sense. Well, yeah, their entire family's ruined. Mary's like dead. Catatonic trauma shock. I mean, I, I was going through that too, watching this movie. <laughs> Jimmy still killed a guy, and nothing ever becomes a yeah, that. Yeah, that was my. I literally wrote that note. As I said, I said. Meanwhile, Jimmy gets away scot free for murdering a dude with his car. No one brings it up. No one. The cops like talk to talk to Mary for like 30 seconds ago, and they go, oh, I guess nothing happened. Sorry to bug you. Yeah, it, whatever the murder version of a mulligan is, that is what happened. <laughs> Jimmy gets away with it. Doesn't seem to have any qualms about it either. Doesn't seem to care. He's like angry and like stressed out for that one scene, and then he's just like totally chill. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just gotta get it out. So, the movie basically then ends with the, it goes back to the PTA meeting. Right, and Dr. Carroll is... As most things in life do. Finally wrapped around his meandering story to a conclusion. Yeah, and meanwhile they have to clear the room for classes in the morning because he's gone on for eight hours. Yes, it's 4.30 in the morning, which the the janitorial staff's about to show up and make it presentable. I just have the end. I guess that's how it ends. <laughs> well, he does the could have been your kid and your kid and your kid and looks oh, at the screen and, breaks and all I can think of is the Futurama episode with the robot sex. Don't have sex with robots. Brought to you by the Space Pope. The Space Pope. The end. The end. Screaming into a little girl's face about global warming. The end. Doctor Carroll looks like a torture. Like he should be pulling teeth and asking if it's safe. But this movie did have its intended effect because marijuana was prohibited across the country in 1937. Dr. Carroll, uh, I, I did some research on that. He went on to uh, uh, become a guidance counselor in South Park, Colorado. <laughs> Drugs are bad. Okay. Changed his name. Went undercover. Yep. Had to change his name for the for the shit he saw. Right. It started. It had to start a new life. So, any other thoughts on this film? Blood Feast was a better movie than this. There's my hot take. Better, better produced, better writing, better acting, better cinematography, better music, better everything. Yeah, Charlie. I do. I do prefer my propaganda to be a little less on the nose. <laughs> I am Fuad Ramses. That's right. That's right. 
Yeah, no, this movie is fucking terrible. I, I am, uh, I have, I have lost years of my life for having to have had watched it for the one hour. <laughs> it's cost me ten years of life for one hour of film. Yeah, like brain, when, it, when, my, it, when it came to propaganda, America was never even a contender in the game. The musical, which is really really fun parody of it practically it has it ends with everybody marching into the town square and burning and everything and they're they're singing about you know once we've burned the reefer we're going to start with darwin and freud and queers and communists and everything we hate has to be destroyed that they're just so swept up into the propaganda i should i should watch the the musical again because it was really good and all the thing has to do for me to love it is remind me of Nev Campbell, and I can carry that with me around for at least a day. Oh, and the male lead is Nev Campbell's brother. I was not aware of that. Her actual brother. Yeah. Huh. Char- Charlie Campbell, I think. Charlie will be able to carry that around for at least two days now. <laughs> right? Thanks for that serotonin economy. Well, it's also got Kristen Bell, who's lovely. And Kristen she is, Bell is lovely. She is lovely. Yeah, and she sings. I didn't know that she started out as like a singer. Yeah, you do know that she she's Anna's Anna and Frozen, right? Yeah, that's what I I I, I, I never like legit Frozen, but I singer, knew she was. Like, I was like, that wasn't that like a huge thing? Yeah, she's she's a musical theater kid and was from like the beginning. I think she has a degree in yeah, from UCLA or something. Yeah, my, like my, my sister does. My big introduction to her was uh. The good place, so much better than this movie. So much better than Reefer Madness. So low don't bar, fear, don't fear the Reefer is what we're saying. Don't fear the Reefer. Don't right. fear the Reefer, like Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> That's right. Do we have Do we have the rights to that song for the outro? Does anyone? God, I doubt we should. Not sponsored by Blue Oyster Cult, sadly. Actually, you could play three seconds of that guitar riff. People are like, ah, okay. I know what it is. Yes. <laughs> I learned how to play that riff. You could just play the cowbell and that part. Not even the guitar riff, just the dunk, dunk, that, dunk. That's right. Gotta have the cowbell. Best center on life sketch ever, my opinion. If I had to pick a favorite Christopher Walken, it would be Colonel Angus, but the cowbell oh, was very I good. I do like Colonel Angus. That's good, too. Oh, that is a good one. Oh man, you're making, now you're making it hard on me, Charlie. You're making me. <laughs> I suppose rock I, hard. I could give Analingus a try. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> you're making me rock hard now, Charlie. <laughs> Let's go, Jack. I'm rock hard. Let's go, Jack. Let's We're go Jack. rock hard. Go Jack, rock hard. All right. Um. Yeah. So that was Reefer Madness. Uh. Next week, Kevin, we're looking at some shark movies. Hell yeah. We're going back to Italy with Bruno Mattai's Cruel Jaws. We're going back home. And our bonus episode of Jaws 3. And this was just like riding a bike. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for for having me on. Oh, anytime, Charlie. Uh, I I love having you on, Charlie. It's (laughs) nice to have someone to riff off of. I love having you on, Charlie. (laughs) <laughs> I love I love being on Charlie. I mean nothing. Well, I was I'm glad you're here because I was worried about how are we going to talk about a movie that's an hour long for an hour. And somehow we did it. Actually, we probably could go on longer just because it's 
a lot of stuff to shit yeah. on, but you know, maybe the second best known side effect of marijuana. <laughs> Shitting on reefer madness going on about movies. Oh, okay. And unlike the munchies, that's one I never outgrew. No. Although you probably go off about better movies than the people I see that they get high and try to talk about movies at a bar. Is, is that, that's is actually fun. Now? Like after a while you could walk over, like as soon as you have a plan in your head, you could just walk over, drop a bunch of knowledge and walk away feeling like a wizard. I do that when I go to the brewery. Apparently being all Asperger about movies is not that bad anymore. Yeah, no. It really isn't. So, uh, to wrap up, that was our episode on Reefer Madness. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, big special thanks to Charlie McMullen for his ad and being on the episode. Thank, thank <laughs> you very much, everybody. Mr. and Mrs. America, good night. And also thanks to William Wright and Martha Page for their ads. Uh, make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like what we do, make sure to leave a review and let others know. Help get the word out. For more episodes, check out our website, exploititpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, at PodcastExploit, or on Instagram, at ExploitedPodcast. Or contact us at ExploitedPodcast at gmail.com. Until next time. Yeah, uh, we have any other outro? See ya. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>